time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. Hello, and welcome to the podcast edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here on your favorite podcast location, whether it's iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. We appreciate you taking the time to download, listen in, and also subscribe to the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Because if you subscribe to the podcast, Every time the new podcast is available for you, you'll be notified that it's up and ready to be listened to. Now, I know I know the last couple of weeks I've been slacking a little bit because normally the podcast is up and available on Monday. Uh, I will be honest with you. I've been kind of under the weather the last uh, couple of weeks, so it's taken me a, a couple of days longer to get the podcast up and ready to go on our social media platform. So uh, hopefully over the next few weeks, I'll make sure that we get these Podcast promptly uploaded for you on Monday at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. But uh, what a weekend at Coda Road Course Racing and the NASCAR Cup Series, Xfinity Series, and Truck Series as well. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, cautions, a lot of restarts there in the Cup Series, but uh, just some exciting action as always from uh, Road Course Racing. As things were done a little differently uh, this week, there was still stage racing. But no stage cautions. So whenever a stage was wrapped up, they just continued to race. No caution flags were uh, displayed. And this is actually going to be a new rule for NASCAR here that in, at uh, road courses, there will be no caution flags for the end of a stage. So hopefully those make these road course races move by a little bit quicker as well. And uh, not so many cautions out uh, during the road course races because we want to see them racing, especially on the road course. So, uh, so we got a lot of cover here as we wrap up everything from uh, Coda, also the NHR Series was in action this past weekend as well uh, at the Arizona Nationals, and uh, we got a lot to get to here. Um, uh, don't forget about our social media platforms, as I mentioned. Uh, we're available for you on Facebook and Twitter, where we're delivering to you racing news and information 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Southern Race Week, or uh, follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio. We've also got the email address, so feel free to email us anytime. If you're a local track in the area and wants to get some recognition, an up-and-coming driver, or if you want to make a comment about the show, uh, feel free to email us 24-7, srwradio at yahoo.com. That is srwradio at yahoo.com. But we kick off the program this week with our racing recap from all the racing actions from this past weekend. Oh, I, I got to mention who's going to be on the show. Uh, this week, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here. Uh, another jam-packed episode of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. We're going to be hearing from two Georgia-winning drivers, Bubba Pollard, who recently won the Rattler 250, and then also Seth Christensen, who won the Alabama 200. We'll have those two Georgia drivers joining us here in just a couple of minutes. And also, Rev Racing driver Nick Sanchez, who will recap his second-place finish just a couple of weeks ago at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. But uh, here we go with your latest edition of the Racing Recap here on Southern Race Week Radio. As we take a look at all the action from Coda last weekend, first in the Truck Series, as reigning Craftsman Truck Series champion Zane Smith became the first repeat NASCAR winner at the Circuit of the Americas Road Course, holding off Kyle Busch to win the Expel 225 last Saturday. Smith, a 23-year-old driving the number 38 front row motorsports Ford, led the final 15 laps and crossed the finish line 5.451 seconds ahead of Bush. Front row motorsports is a perfect three-for-three in truck series races at Coda. Todd Gillen won the inaugural event at the 2021. Ty Majeski, Tyler Ankeren, 
and Ross Chastain rounded out the top five. Over to the Xfinity Series, A.J. Allmendinger dominated early, then had to fight to retake the lead at the start of the final stage to earn his 11th career NASCAR Xfinity Series road course victory last Saturday at the Circuit of the Americas. Allmendinger bumped Sheldon Creed out of the lead with 14 laps to go, then held off William Byron over the next couple of laps before pulling away late for the victory. His second in a row at the Texas track. William Byron as your runner-up in the race. Ty Gibbs finishing third, Sammy Smith in fourth, and Justin Allgaier rounding out the top five. Over to the Cup Series action, Tyler Reddick had the lead and the fastest car on the track when Calamity nearly struck. Caution, restart, caution, restart, caution, restart. Enough slowdowns to make a driver lose his mind, or at least his cool. Reddick handled it nearly to perfection last Sunday, earning his first victory with his new team, 2311 Racing, by holding off over multiple late restarts to win in triple overtime last Sunday at Circuit of the Americas, the first road course race of this year's NASCAR schedule. Reddick's victory was the first of the year for Toyota, and his first since joining the team co-owned by Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan. It was Reddick's fourth career Cup Series win, Third on a road course, Reddick won a year ago at Road America and on the road course at Indianapolis Motor Speedway in his final season with Richard Childress Racing. Kyle Busch was your runner-up in that race, uh, Alex Bowman finishing third, Ross Chastain in fourth, and William Byron rounding out the top five. And take a look right now at the current NASCAR Cup Series standings. William Byron is your number one ranked driver with two wins on the season. Spots two through five are into the playoffs with a win. That's Kyle Busch in second, Joey Logano third, Tyler Reddick in fourth, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in fifth. Positions 6 through 16 are currently into the playoffs right now via points. That is Ross Chastain in sixth, Kevin Harvick seventh, Christopher Bell eighth, Ryan Blaney is ninth, Austin Sindrick tenth, Martin Trix Jr. is eleventh, Brad Keselowski twelfth, Denny Hamlin thirteenth, Chris Buescher fourteenth, Daniel Suarez is fifteenth, and Corey LaJoy rounds out the top 16. Over to NHRA action from this past weekend, Cammie Caruso became just the second female pro stock winner in NHRA history, taking home the title of the NHRA Arizona Nationals. Justin Ashley and Robert Height also collected victories at the second race on the 2023 NHRA Camping World Drag Racing Season Series. And for other drivers that won Wally's this past weekend, just head on over to NHRA.com and click on Results. And take a look at racing action coming up this weekend in the NHRA series that will be in Pomona, California for the Lucas Oils Winter Nationals. That'll be March 30th through April 2nd in Pomona, California. And then also the IndyCar series will be in action this weekend as well. They'll be at the Texas Motor Speedway for the PPG 375. April 2nd, the green flag will drop at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. NBC, Peacock, as well as Sirius XM and IndyCar Radio will have all the coverage for you. And then also this weekend in the Craftman Truck Series, they'll be at Texas Motor Speedway racing. That'll be Saturday, April 1st. Green flag will drop at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time for the speedycash.com 250. You can catch the race on FS1, the Motor Racing Network, and also Sirius XM Radio. The Xfinity Series will be at Richmond Raceway. On They'll be racing on Saturday, April 1st. The green flag will drop at 1 p.m. for the Toyota Care 250. You can catch the race on FS1, the Motor Racing Network, and also Sirius XM. And then for the Cubs series, they'll be in action also at the Richmond Raceway on Sunday, April 2nd. The green flag will drop at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. For the Toyota Owners 400, you can catch the race on FS1, the Motor Racing Network, and then also Sirius XM Radio as well. So there you go. That is your racing recap for you this week 
on the Southern Race Week Radio Podcast. This is Leah Pruitt, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, race fans, welcome back to this edition of Southern Race Week. As always, we'd like to get you up to speed on all the racing news you can use. If it's got four wheels and it goes damn fast, we talk about it right here on the show. And that probably will have to be edited out. But anyway, here on the show, I'm WB, a.k.a. William Barber, and we've got none other than the legend of the South, the legend of the man in the North, the East, the West, you name it, wins all over the place. I'm talking about Bubba Pollard. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Bubba. How's it going? Well, I'm sorry. I can't give the full-blown, loud interviews. I'm still trying to get my voice back there, buddy. But uh, Yeah, I was waiting for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dan, I don't want to blow my voice out for the rest of the day and everything, you know. But, uh, hey, uh, listen, Bubba, once again, congratulations on another weekend of uh, great winning and uh, hanging around some and getting some snakes on you that uh, wasn't fellow racers. Yeah, it was a good weekend. We um, It was one of those that – uh, everything just went our way. We, we had a good, good weekend. Um, uh, Saturday night, we, we started off with a pro late mile win, uh, driving for jet motorsports kind of last minute decision to, to do that deal. And then, you know, Sunday we, we started off and, uh, kind of qualified, you know, mid pack and was able to work our way up through the field and for the, for the last 50, 75 laps and make a run for it. And yeah, we got our picture made with some snakes. So not, not something I typically like to do, but, uh, we made it happen, and uh, as long as you're winning, you'll do about anything. So, uh, yeah, it was a it was a good weekend. It was fun. Well, Bubba, I've been you know back in the day at your old shop. Um, I know that the 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 rattler trophies used to include like this glass ball with a big old you know rattler's head in it. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what the trophy looks like. It's just to be able to brag that you won the thing is more important than anything. So what, what is, what is this done to kind of help you, you know, further let you know that the 2023 season's just going to be a great one for you. Yeah, we really feel good about it. You know, we started off the season, changed uh, the cars up quite a bit. And, uh, didn't know really what to expect uh, going into the year, but uh, we've had a good year. We won speed fest. Uh, we started off the year good. I feel like we've been in position to win, you know, uh, some other races as well. Um, and be up toward the front in those races. So uh, we had a good good show in the Five Flags the week before, and and uh, yeah, just just really excited about the year. Got a lot of momentum. It's always good when you can win early in the season, uh, for sure. You know, there's some great competition out there, and kind of shows you your programs off to a good start. So um, you know, in racing, anything can happen. You know, you can be kind of good one week, and you know, nobody knows who you are the next. So uh, racing is a humbling sport, and it's a lot of fun. And, that's where we go, just to keep striving and keep doing our best. And, and um, you know, it's, it's a good good start to the season for sure. Now, racing on the late model series and everything, uh, you going to do any dirt track racing uh, this year? Yeah, you know, we, um, we're we really super busy at the, at, the, at the dirt track and getting it ready, and it takes a lot of time uh, to get that deal going and, and race each and every week. But uh, we're going try to try to run some. Uh, here or there, just kind of spur of the moment kind of deal with that, the dirt car, but, you know, I always enjoy racing it. Uh, don't get to run it quite as much as I'd, I'd like to or, or have done in the, in the years past, but it's something we're going to try to try to get back going this year and run as much, any seat time you can get, whether it be dirt or asphalt, it's always important, uh, staying, staying, uh, mentally prepared inside a race car and, and, you know, 
able to make a race car better each and every week and more laps you make, uh, you get more experience you got, the better it is, no longer how long you've been racing. So, uh, yeah, just, just try to be in the seat as much as you can and, and race as much as you can. If you just joined us on the uh, Food Depot hotline here, we got Bubba Pollard, uh, driver of the Lake Model. Heck, uh, basically, driver of anything. I mean, you know, you name it, this kid can drive it. To, uh, this, You know, he, he can make it happen, Captain, as they say. Bubba, talking about the racetrack, talking about the dirt track that you're you're talking about working on all the time, talking about Sonora Speedway. Um, y'all have done a lot to change the way that the track functions, and I and I got to give you props on it. it. Looks, from what I can tell, it looks like that um, you now have an entrance for the cars over in turn four versus when they had they used to like Frogger out there on the track on the backstretch and everything to come in from the outside and everything. So, uh, how has that worked out for the drivers and the teams that are making that uh, that voyage to the track and everything every week? Yeah, I think it's uh, we've done a lot of done a lot of work to the facility to try to get it up. We're very picky about you know the way things look and want them nice and clean and everything to run smoothly. And to do that, we we had to we we cut an opening there off turn four just to speed the process up of the show. We had we had to make sure we were done. We got curfew, so we had to make sure we were done at certain times uh, on Saturday nights and uh, just. Just try to get the ball rolling and, and, and the show moved as quickly as possible. Not only that, but the fans sitting in the stands. That way um, we can get races going as quickly as possible. So it's worked out great. We've got new lighting, new LED lighting uh, around the facility this year too. So uh, just just each year we try to, you know, kind of uh, pick a project and, and uh, do something and, and just make it bigger and better. And uh, hopefully, you know, we can continue to grow and uh, you know, there's a lot of things that we need to work on uh, as well because we're not, you know, promoters or, or been around dirt track racing. Uh, we've been around racing all our life, but not just on this side of things, you know. So uh, there's a lot we got to learn, but we've uh, we've had fun doing it and uh, just uh, continue to build and grow and uh, get new fans to the to the place. And, um, you know, anytime you can get new fans uh, in short track racing, it's great. Well, listen, man, we know that your your grandfather built uh, Sonora Raceway, and uh, that was one of the first places that my dad ever took me to. Um, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, and, you know, I've, I've only been wrong once in my life, and then the first time I thought I was just actually mistaken, I wasn't wrong. But Sonora Raceway is where you got your first race in as a youngster on a bicycle. Or was it a big wheel? I can't remember. Yeah, you know, that's kind of where I grew up racing, where my family's from, and right here in our backyard, so it's pretty neat to be able to, to get my first start there, and now me and my sister and family are able to to, uh, to run it and um, on Saturday nights for for uh, other guys and you know, these other young folks coming up, so it's pretty neat. Uh, it's just, you know, my granddad built it and have a lot of history uh, with our family, so it's pretty neat. Well, listen, Bubba, talking about the late model car, you know, I was driving back through uh, from Noonan to Meriwether County, uh, coming back from LaGrange the other day, and um, I really think I've identified you a great sponsor for your late model car. What's that, Bubba Doos? No, 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 no. Bubba Doos ain't, <laughs> Bubba Doos ain't what he used to be, buddy. I'm just telling you. I don't know that I'd eat no Bubba Doos no more. But, uh, 
My dad used to have some of the best dang hamburgers in the world down there in Lutherville. But, uh, yeah. but no, I saw this trash can. Like, every house in all of that land had this one company for that was their trash can company, and it was yellow. And I, I mean, uh-huh. I, I think that would be – I called you to tell you that, but you were probably knee-deep in, in boop or something. I don't know what you were doing, but – um, but you don't ever call me back unless Alfie sets it up for us. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, I was going to call you and say, man, I found your sponsor, man. I found your sponsor. And this was getting ready to lead up to the Atlanta race. And I was like, man, we could get this deal done, get this deal done. But, um, you know, what is it like these days trying to find a sponsor for the late model program? Well, it is tough. You know, I've been doing it a long time, and we've been very lucky and thankful to have a lot of product sponsors that help us, you know, build these cars and, and get us to the racetrack with parts every week. So, um, but it is tough to, to get someone. It's just, uh, we don't, the problem is we don't race at a local level anymore. Uh, we race, um, you know, far from home, and, and it's hard to get these sponsors. But, uh, you know, there is guys out there that, that enjoy uh, racing and, uh, that do enjoy it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's tough. Uh, but you know, we've been fortunate enough to have a lot of great help along the, along the way and along, you know, for the last several years that's, you know, provided for, for us to get up and down the road and race the level we want to race and have fun and, and win races. So it is tough, but we, we've been lucky, uh, to have some, some great ones. Bubba Pollard on the old Food Depot Highline here on Southern Race Week, your favorite radio station and favorite podcast location. Bubba, let's remind everybody where they can find you, follow you, and learn more about you. Yeah, just go to BubbaPollard.com or at BubbaPollard26, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and and everything on social media. Uh, And then, you know, Sonora Raceway 1969, if everyone's in the area, come out and uh, watch some good good racing on Saturday night. Hey guys, this is Stephanie Moyer with Fast Track Racing in the Arkham Menard Series East, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie as we continue on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And we're very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot Hotline, another great Georgia driver making some noise from Pennegrass, Georgia, at the tender, mature age of 15 years old, won himself the 59th annual Alabama 200. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in, as I mentioned, from Pennegrass, Georgia, Mr. Seth Christensen! Mr. Christensen, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully you're having a great day today, my friend. Yes, sir. Having an awesome day. What about you? Oh, having a great day today, sir. Always loving having winners. You're very young. You're from the great state of Georgia as well, Pentagrass, Georgia, but 15 years old. And now you are starting to make a lot of noise as you won some great trophy uh, just a few weeks ago. But first, tell us how you got bit by the bug of wanting to be a, a racer. So I am a third generation racer. My dad raced and his dad raced as well. A lot of vintage modified stuff up at Berlin Speedway and a few uh, Berlin Speedway in Michigan and a few other racetracks up there. But um, I started racing quarter midgets when I was four years old or four and a half is when I was testing. I got to race when I was five. So I spent nine years in quarter midgets. And uh, just a few years ago, I got into a pro truck for 
Carpet Motorsports. I made 11 starts and I got five wins out of those 11 starts. Um, Kurt Brett is just an amazing, just an amazing person to drive for. He's given me or taught me so much of just uh, just racing in general, how to race with respect, how to race smart, saving your stuff for the end, and just overall being a smart driver. And um, so I ran pro trucks for him. Uh, 11 starts, five wins. And just this past year, we're starting to make a few pro late model starts. I made a start at Speed Fest and start at Alabama 200, which I won, which is pretty cool. But, um, yeah, we're going to plan to run for Ricky Turner and Turnco Motorsports this year with Raid Auctions, Raid Like Wyatt, and with Ricky the rest of the year, and uh, super excited. Speaking with 15-year-old driver Seth Christensen here on this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, and you made some big noise a couple of weeks ago as you went in and won the 59th annual Alabama 200, and you had some big names in this event. You had Augie Grill, uh, JoJo Wilkinson, who's been a great friend of the show, has been on this program uh, a dozen times. What's it like when you race against some of the, the some big names like an Augie Grill? First of all, it's pretty cool because you're racing against these guys that you've been watching on Racing America for however many years, and uh, just I mean, for example, like Augie Grill is just one of the few that have. I've gotten to race against and he's just a just a great driver it's uh pretty cool that you get to race against somebody that's been racing for your entire life and even longer than that so just to be able to be on just to share the track with him and to be on the same just to be as fast as him or maybe even faster some days and makes it even better now we know a lot of drivers who have won the alabama 200 have gone on to do great things in their careers uh, tell me a little bit about the event. You had 19 caution flags. And tell us about those last final laps. You know that you're now the Alabama 200 champion. So the very first thing we would always think about going into a weekend like this or just a long race in general and Speed Fest to, and kind of like Speed Fest, how it was 100 laps. And uh, just to sh- uh, save your stuff for the end, make sure you have stuff for the end and don't burn it up in the first half. And um the first hundred laps of the Alabama 200, that was my, that was what was going through my head. I'm like, okay, you got somebody passing you. You can race with them for about a lap or two, but after that, it doesn't make any sense. You're just burning your stuff up. All right. Just let them go. Either let them go or you got to try to get hard to get back in front of them. So racing with somebody side by side didn't really make much sense. So halfway throughout the race, we were just riding along, saving our stuff. Uh, had a little bit of damage on the right front, a little bit into the race, then came in, fixed that, got fuel. And went back out and just rode. We just rode for as long as we possibly could. Uh, saved those right sides as long as possible. Ran the right front a little uh, a little bit sometimes. And then the right rear a little bit sometimes. Just so it was a little bit even. And um, at the end, we were just right place at the right time. Just pressuring the right people. Getting them to make mistakes. And uh, Carson Brown and Christopher Tolles getting together going into three. And uh, we inherited the lead off of that. And all I, all I had to do was execute. And uh, we did just that. And um, it was very... Very unbelievable thinking that, holy crap, you're leading Alabama 200 the very first time you start, and you just got the white flag. Like, all you got to do is make four more turns, dude. Like, come on, you got this. And it was very emotional as soon as I crossed that line and having my dad there hugging me. I don't know if you've seen that video or not, but it's on Facebook at Seth Christians and Racing. Um, just having my dad there and a bunch of my family there, it was, it was an awesome experience. Now, let me tell you something. It's crazy when I'm listening to you kind of describe the way you're racing out there and you're 15 years old, it's hard for drivers, like you said, to be patient and wait for their opportunities. They want to just gun it out, you know, put the pedal to the metal and go. But uh, to be so patient and so mature 
at 15 to know to make the right decisions. Is that just something you learn from your dad or or is that just something you, you just got to have to learn as a driver to be patient and wait for those right opportunities to come along? So in quarter midgets, they have a uh, Briggs class, uh, uh, World Formula and like Mod World Formula. So I've kind of learned a little bit from that about sites, uh, saving your right rear, saving your right front, making sure, making sure you have stuff at the end. So going into big cars and the big car scene, I kind of had a little bit of knowledge on that. But Kurt Britt, my dad, and Ricky Turner, they're all just a very smart people, and they've really kind of helped me to understand, like, hey, sometimes you can run the right front a few laps, and then after that, then you got to get back to the right rear so you don't burn up your right front. And then you got to just have to balance that out. So learning from those three guys, my dad, Kurt Bread, and Ricky Turner, I've just been uh, – just I've been very lucky to have them by my side for a few years now, and uh, we've just surrounded ourselves with the right people, and here we are. Well, we'll remember this name, Southern Race Week listeners out there, Seth Christensen. I'm sure you're going to hear a lot about this young man as he was the winner of the Alabama 200 just a couple of weeks ago. Now, Seth, if our listeners want to learn more about you, keep up with your race schedule and what's going on throughout your career, where can they go to keep up, get information, and follow along with what's going on with you and your progress? So my Facebook page is Seth Christensen Racing. It's the same for all of my socials, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, uh, Twitter, and um, anything um, anything you can find, really, uh, you'll find me on there uh, most of the time on Facebook. Uh, just shoot me a message if you got a question. And uh, if you guys are interested in sponsoring a 15-year-old kid from Pendergrass, Georgia, uh, hit me up on Facebook. Hey, listeners, this is Jamie Little from NASCAR on Fox, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie continuing on with this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. As we're coming off an amazing weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway last weekend for the Ann Better Health 400 race weekend with the Trucks, Xfinity, and the Cup Series. But right now, we're going to focus on the Truck Series from AMS. A great front of the show finished second in the Truck Series race last weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Now, let's welcome in driver for Rev Racing in the Craftsman Truck Series. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Nick. Mr. Sanchez, uh, once again, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully you're having a great day today, my friend. Yeah, yeah, having a good day. Thanks for having me. Well, sir, uh, let's focus on uh, last week's events over there, Atlanta Motor Speedway. And I got to tell you, a second place finish in your debut uh, at AMS. Uh, Take us through... Uh, that race, what was going through your mind? How did you feel out there? And uh, tell me about, um, you know, a debut at AMS finishing second for, uh, Max Siegel and, uh, Rev Racing. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously it wasn't the best start to the day starting 20th off of, you know, the metric, uh, from Vegas since, uh, qualifying got rained out. So it kind of sucked. I I really do believe we probably would have lined up on the front row again. Um, but you know, it just made, I, I guess the day more interesting or more fun. Um, starting 20th, you know, really have to learn how to race with some of the guys back there. It's not it's not the best place to be racing, you know, with how aggressive they are for, for 20th. But, uh, you know, at the beginning of the race, you know, we were just taking it easy. And I was just trying to figure out my truck, uh, the limit, um, runs, all those things, and, you know, really make mistakes back there. And, uh, you know, my team, you know, we had, a, we had uh, I think, a lot of good strategy calls to get track position, but it seems like uh, every time we tried to get track position, something would go wrong. Um, you know, 
someone we were exiting the box and someone was uh pitting and uh we ended up hitting him on pit road on the way out you know uh pretty much went to the back after that and then someone hit me pretty hard uh on the track and kind of knocked the battery box off it and uh on one of the restarts um truck just shut off so uh you know both those times i think we had pretty good track position but like i said every time we got track position uh we something would go wrong but you know my team did a great job at staying uh, with it all day keeping me calm behind the wheel and uh eventually we found our way to the front again and uh, almost won it now this is the first time you've raced at atlanta motor speedway what did what did you do to prepare yourself did you watch a lot of video a lot of tape did you look to uh, guidance from some of your crew members? Uh, what what kind of you what what did you do to kind of prepare yourself for the experience of racing? What they like to call now the the short track of super speedways. Yeah, obviously a lot of video work. Uh, it's kind of an odd place, and you know year over year the change has been a little different. So uh, I think everyone was in the same boat um, uh, as far as preparation. So I just had one truck race to look at, and I studied that. Um, but, you know, just also kind of approached it with an open mindset and reasoning for that is, you know, the track has changed a little bit year over year. So kind of went in there with a blank notebook. And and one of the odd things that the, the rule changes they did at AMS was this long uh, pit stop entrance. You you started pit road over there by turn three. You have to go your minimum pit speed to get into the pits. What are, what are your thoughts on on such a long length? of uh, to get to pit road from coming off of turn three. Was that weird for you? Was it difficult? Were you like, I'm, I'm ready to get to pit road. When am I going to get there? No, honestly, I didn't really, I mean, yeah, it takes a lot longer, but, you know, I didn't find it really too challenging. Um, it, it's no different than, you know, the Martinsville's or the Bristol's or the Phoenix's, you know, speed up in the corner, slow down in the straights. Obviously, you know, luckily we didn't have to pit under green, um, and, and we never had a, a penalty on pit road for speeding or, or anything wild. So it was pretty easy pit road um in my opinion i feel like you know it it's just more stuff to put in my notebook and i feel like it's going to help me at the the martinsville the phoenixes and the bristols and, and the curvature of the corner and just carrying light so I, I think it was beneficial on my end speaking with rookie driver in the craftsman truck series for rev racing nick sanchez on this week's edition of Summit race week radio now nick you've already had a handful of of truck races under your belt here in your rookie campaign with Max Siegel and, and Rev Racing. Uh, what have you taken away so far, and what have you think you've learned from these uh, few races that you've had under your belt so far? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, going into this, I knew we would have good speed, but I, I think our speed has been unbelievable. And uh, I feel like, you know, as a driver, it's, uh, you know, I have a lot of confidence when I show up to the track, knowing, you know, I have the opportunity to win week in, week out, doesn't matter the track. So, uh, on my end, you know, it's just been a lot of focus on, you know, building building myself to be a better driver um, in different ways and just picking a lot of people's brains um, and, you know, building a notebook. But, uh, yeah, it's it's been amazing the speed we've had and uh, just, you know, it's 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 the backbone. Um, I think to any any uh, any good team or any good driver, you know, you, you've got to have speed in your equipment and that and that we do. So, uh I feel like I've just been learning to probably be more patient um, and, you know, try to spread this speed trace out um, from start of the race to finish of the race instead of having, you know, little spurts here and there. So just 
trying to manage my race and, uh, and almost try to race against myself and uh, race against the stopwatch. Now, uh, during the doubleheader weekend in Atlanta, Motor Speedway had an opportunity to see you before you got into your truck along with uh, Mr. Siegel. And there's so much activity going on in pit road. You got the driver intros. You got the, the big crowd of people. Do you feel a little overwhelmed sometimes? Or do you feel like now, after having a few races under your belt, that you're a little calmer about it because I would feel it'll just be overwhelming. You got these fans who want to take pictures of you and these sponsors who want, you know, to shake your hand and, and then the driver intros, the fireworks, the crowd reaction. What, how do you handling all, all this now and kind of a, a, you know, a bigger stature now that you were in your earlier, uh, you know, in the Arca series and the other series you've raced it before. Uh, honestly, really no different. Um, you know, ever since the time I think I was little, whenever I'd go to the track, uh, I'd, I'd walk around confined in a box. Uh, that's the way I look at it. You know, I don't, I don't speak to any competitors. I don't even <laughs> try not to even look at them. And, uh, you know, it, pretty much the only thing on my mind is getting in the race car and everything else. Before or after, that's a blur. So, uh, you know, you might see me out there walking, but, you know, really I'm just uh, – I'm thinking of myself as in a box, uh, you know, to try to keep to myself and focus on the job at hand. Now, just a few weeks, you're going to be at Bristol Motor Speedway. You were mentioning Bristol earlier, and they got the dirt race coming up there at Bristol. Uh, tell me what your feelings are going to be when you uh, do a dirt race. Is that something you've done in the past, or is this going to be kind of your first experience uh, racing in dirt? No, no, I haven't really done any dirt racing. But, you know, I don't think – I think even if you do do dirt racing, you're not really going to – I feel like dirt late models, any type of dirt car in that sense is way different than the stock car on dirt. Stock car on dirt handles nothing uh, nothing like a true dirt car, and, and the Bristol track has characteristics, I feel like, um, that you really don't find it in any other dirt track. So um, I still believe, you know, the most value you're going to have is feeling comfortable in a truck because at the end of the day it's going to drive like a truck. And uh, at the end of the night, you just drive it straight. You know, you just got to be smooth on the wheel and almost drive it like an asphalt track. So um, I feel like the more comfortable I get in the truck, uh, the better uh, I'll be at the dirt race. Now, Mr. Sanchez, if our listeners want to follow along with your progress throughout your rookie campaign in the truck series, purchase merchandise or anything like that, uh, where can they go to keep on following along with you, my friend? Yeah, uh, all my socials are Nick Sanchez 080. Hey, this is Josh Hart, top fuel driver for RNL Carriers. You are listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie as we wrap up this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And we really appreciate you tuning in and listening to the program yet again this week. And if you want to rehear, this specific episode or any of our past episodes of uh, Southern Race Week Radio, you can do so by heading over to either iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud, download, listen, and also subscribe to the podcast. So that way when a new podcast is up and available for you to listen to, you'll get a notification to let you know that a new episode of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast is on standby and ready to go. But uh, once again, we want to thank our great guests for joining us this week. And they do include a driver, Bubba Pollard, along with 15-year-old driver from Pentagrass, Georgia, Seth Christensen, and then also rookie driver in the Craftsman Truck Series, Nick Sanchez of Rev Racing. So once again, thanks to those great uh, gentlemen for joining us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. And don't forget about our social media platforms if you need the latest news and information from the world of racing 
head on over to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Southern Race Week, and like the page or follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio. And don't forget about the email address. We are eagerly waiting your emails at srwradio at yahoo.com. So hopefully you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Make sure you check out some NASCAR, NHRA, IndyCar, or even one of your local tracks nearby. Check out some of the activities they've got going on there. So uh, once again, appreciate you tuning in and catch up with us again next week for all new editions of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. Mm -hmm.